With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Olympic marathon uh, trial. Uh, 700,000 for the Olympic marathon trials. 5.79 million for the Pro Bowl, which is down of 6.2 million last year. Still a pretty good number. They benefited because Pebble Beach got rained out, so that wasn't competition. NASCAR's race got moved to Saturday, so there's very little competition. Not saying it wasn't a good audience to begin with, but they benefited by getting some other events um, that were uh, moved. Um, we've talked a lot when it comes to college sports, the ever-changing world. Yesterday, the ruling impacting Dartmouth's basketball team, uh, Tennessee's lawsuit and all sorts of stuff. Our next guest works in that world of name, image, and likeness, and Sean Hughes is uh, co-founder and CEO of Athliance, and Ask Sean to come on uh, to share some thoughts. First, welcome, Sean. Good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Mark. I'm pretty good. Um, for having do, me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, just tell folks first what your company does. I don't want to dive into some of the issues, but 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 what do you guys do? Sure. Yeah, Athliance is a compliance software company. We were started in 2020. We had a number of different college athletics administrators, some ADs, some compliance folks. Uh, basically started like a think tank to say, hey, NIL is coming. We saw some of the rulings. Uh, we were reading the tea leaves coming down, and we knew that there was a major shift on the horizon. And uh, with our connections in the compliance space, we said, hey, you know, everyone's going to be going after these deals and, and trying to procure, uh, procure athletes through different marketing deals. But how is that going to affect the compliance people? So we decided, hey, let's start building a solution that's, that's tailored for them it's going to help them manage this massive new burden um, that we're starting to see um, through NIL and obviously with some of the other changes that are happening in the college landscape as well. Sean, again, just some more background for audience. And as you explain what you guys do, there is no clearinghouse. You don't have to register an NIL deal um, with the NCAA. So, so in a general sense, when somebody says, well, well, who checks these deals and, and, and who follows these deals? And some may not know about what an athlete has to do with their school. So, again, there is no clearinghouse. So, so what typically happens? Yeah, no, there's a, a varying patchwork of state laws, institutional rules, and for the most part, a lot of them do have some sort of disclosure requirement. Now, there is not currently a national clearinghouse for deals, but that will be changing August 1st. Uh, it's part of the updated NCA bylaws that was voted at the NCA convention back in January, is that they will have to disclose all NIL deals uh, within 30 days. So there will be a clearinghouse. It just hasn't taken into effect just yet. Okay, so as I work my way towards some of the headlines that are here, and I just kind of follow up on what you just said, who polices that? It's impossible, isn't it, John? I mean, it's it, 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 it may be, hey, the thing you need to do, but it's impossible to police, isn't it? Currently, it's very difficult with you know all the different lawsuits that are getting filed anytime you know NCA even announces you know that they're they're sniffing uh, potential violation, and you know we're we're trying to play by 
a set of rules, and I've heard the term moving goalposts a lot. Um, you know, what's funny is, is the rules have been the rules since they uh, legalized NIL July 1st of 2021. And they said that you know there is no pay for play, there's no improper inducements, and that's essentially what we're seeing now. So instead of it being uh, you know marketing deals, which is what NIL was intended for, because athletes should be able to monetize monetize off of their name, image, and likeness, what we're really seeing is you know collectives being formed that are just essentially funneling money to athletes, which is great for the athletes, of course, and. The challenge that we're seeing is that you have to have some some sort of rules and enforcement to create a level playing field. Because otherwise, you're just going to clearly have you know, schools with a lot more resources that are going to have the highest concentration of talent uh, across the country. And you know, we're starting to see that a little bit. Um, you know, while while they're they're not able to enforce the way that they would like to. Funny, the schools that maybe don't have quite as many resources as some of the other schools, they're the ones their coaches are coming out saying, we need some rules, we need some guidelines. Right. Uh, and, you know, the ones that maybe maybe aren't, um, you know, calling for those are maybe schools that maybe have more resources and they're seeing the benefit of, you know, this, this wild west that we're seeing. I guess to, to, to go back, and then I, I want to get your thoughts on, on Tennessee and even what the, the, the NLRB ruling yesterday, but... Um, if somebody's got a report beginning in August, okay, and, and I'm using an extreme, for every Caitlin Clark, and good for her, has national deals, local deals, is truly maximizing the value of her name, image, and likeness. And I was benefiting from it, and she's benefiting from it. And I said earlier, somebody should go challenge the eligibility rules, and she said stay at Iowa for years because she's making a ton of money. Okay? You can verify that. There is a name, image, and likeness there. The offensive lineman that's signing for $150,000, what's he asked to do? Who's going to put that in writing that says, well, we're going to give you this, but you need what? Three social media postings, or you got to show up for a couple of autographs? There's a clear difference between the two, right? Yeah, no, I mean, put it in terms for people to really understand. NIL is like Patrick Mahomes doing a State Farm commercial. That is clearly an NIL deal. That is you know, a, a marketing opportunity to help promote a brand, okay? The contract that the Kansas City Chiefs pay Patrick Mahomes is currently not allowed by the current set of rules by the NCAA, yet it's sort of happening through a collective, uh, through these collective machines. Now, there has to be a quid pro quo. There has to be some sort of uh, ability to trace and, and a paper trail that shows, like, that, Certain deliverables were met. And, you know, this is this gray area that people are, are giving the NCA all this, this slack on because they're saying that, you know, they can't enforce these rules because they're not legal. Well, what's legal is decided in the court of law, and there's plenty of outstanding litigation right now that we're seeing that will be settled within the next year or two. And we will have a, a new set of rules that we're all going to play by. So in the meantime, what we're seeing is, People just not obeying those rules because they think they're not legal. And, you know, it, it's it's tough because, you know, you're seeing the haves and the have-nots. And how do we how do we help those that maybe have such a severe disadvantage? And, you know, 
the the capitalist in me says, well, maybe this is the what we needed to create, you know, this new leak. And I know we we talked about uh, potentially this new SEC and Big Ten announcement too. So there's just a lot of things that are happening right now. We're just trying to, you know, play by the rules that are currently uh, being set out for us. Yeah, but I'm not quite sure most of these schools want to play by the rules until it, you know, the, uh, uh, hurts them with their rival. But but let me get your thoughts on on on, on Tennessee um, between the chancellor president. Danny White, who I love and have great respect for, the governor, the mayor of Knoxville, uh, the attorney general, and the senators have all written these letters either to Charlie Baker or, 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 or the defense of Tennessee. None of them have read the allegations because they haven't even received it yet. Um, but yet, they were out there uh, talking pretty harshly about it. You responded on a tweet regarding the attorney general who, who, who gave an appearance like, these poor athletes can't use anything for NIL. That's just not true, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I got a lot of a lot of flack on Twitter for that statement. You know, the the attorney, uh, attorney general came out and said that you know the athletes are unable to monetize based off their NIL to the to the max uh, capabilities, right? Which is just not true because, like I said previously, NIL is deals with marketing agencies. It's not getting paid by a collective to show up. To, to play a sport. And, you know, that was my point with it. I wasn't saying anything, you know, regarding, you know, what they were doing specifically. I, I was just pointing out that by saying that they're not able to monetize off of their NIL, that's just not true because any athlete can go out and do an actual brand sponsorship deal. Like you're talking about with Caitlin Clark, like, mm-hmm. of course, like any brand would love to have, you know, their brand associated with, with her and there's there's tons of other athletes that are doing it that way and tell you what the NCA does not care about that one bit and they're they're happy for those athletes that are doing those things as well but you know we've got to create some sort of standard for what's acceptable and, and what's fair today so that you know everyone kind of knows like all right this is what's allowed and this is what's not allowed and you know again you've got I've got great respect for Tennessee. Like, my mom went to Tennessee. I love that school. I root for them any chance I get. And, you know, just to get get some of the backlash from people that, you know, just thought that this is out there hurting the kids uh, because they're not able to make money. It's just that's not true. That's only a part of the story. So what we've got to do is if the rules, um, you know, aren't aren't satisfactory today, we're gonna. We're in the process of changing the rules, finding a system that works for everyone moving forward. You know, the Supreme Court in the uh, in the Alston case, they, their summary did state at the end. You know, we're leaving room for discourse as the national conversation continues on this subject, because you know this this is all relatively new in the last 20 years. Athletes having their own brands. You know, I think that comes with the rise of social media. And, you know, athletes have their own platform, which they've always had by just being, you know, on the teams of these uh, beloved fan bases. But they have their own individual brands now. So, yes, they should be able to monetize, you know, marketing deals because of who they are. But, again, it goes back to the, one of the only three rules that the NCAA set when they started this thing was you can't pay for play and you can't, uh, having proper inducements for recruiting because it creates that competitive 
uh, imbalance across the entire country. Give me your thoughts, not just for the business that that, that, that you helped start, but, but what does an employee model look like to you? And Because and, and, everybody thinks, well, we're getting closer to it. I think people forget that, that just because an NL, NLRB board made a statement about Dartmouth that today athletes are employed, I think people forget when you collectively bargain, the other side gets to also argue. You don't get to just say as a player, hey, I want this, and you get it. So I think people forget yeah. that every time I read about this employee model, it's like you do realize that the schools get to counter here. But give me an idea what you think an employee model looks like. Yeah, so an employment model, that brings us one step closer to this being operated like a real business here. Now, obviously, there's been the business of college sports for a long time, but it's it's a uniquely American institution, college sports. You know, they're getting paid scholarships. They're getting paid benefits. Uh, in, in, in the Austin case now, they're getting room and board, um, you know, all sorts of things, right? Now, the second you turn these athletes into employees, which, you know, I'm not so sure that all the athletes are going to be in, in favor of, of what this would end up meaning, but then you're going to have to look at it like a business would. And, you know, if athletes aren't performing, are they going to get fired? Are you going to have... Um, situations where, you know, you're, you're viewing your athletic department like like an accountant would, okay? You've got different sections of the P&L. All right, well, this sport is losing us a lot of money, and it's not worth it for us to keep operating this way, and you're going to end up seeing, you know, some more sports getting cut. And that's one of the things that bothers me when people are making the argument that, you know, we should be looking out for the athlete's best interest, and they should be able to make money, which I agree. They should be able to make money based off of who they are, but are you really pro-athlete if what your view of pro-athlete is may end up costing the scholarships of potentially of the sports at your school? And you're going to have all these, you know, these, these kids that are banking on, their athletic scholarships for non-revenue generating sports that may end up not getting a scholarship to go play, you know, college ball. And I can't, you know, you can't make the argument that you're pro athlete if you're not pro all the athletes. So back to the original question about what an employment model could look like, you're going to have to start seeing athletic departments and, and they've already started, especially at some of the bigger schools. You have to view it more like a business. Okay. And what that could end up looking like, and you know, potentially part of the conversation with the Big Ten, with the SEC, it could end up looking like, all right, we need to start bringing in private equity to help manage the business of college sports. And that's exactly what private equity does. They look for undervalued assets. They come in, and they make changes, and they make them profitable. Granted, I know athletic departments are spending exorbitant amounts of money on facilities and things like that. They have nicer facilities than a lot of pro sports do. And because, again, they haven't been spending the money on the payroll like like the pro sport teams do. But at the same time, you realize how much it costs to have an athlete today without paying them a salary or anything like that. 
you're spending these schools. D1 athlete could cost the school upwards of 175 to 180 thousand dollars a year, a day, on just their scholarships, their room and board, their food, their all their different benefits out the door. That's what it's costing today. So how much more in the budget is there to start paying athletes, you know, salaries too, without it costing some sports? It's just going to. Yeah, it's interesting. Change is happening quickly. People don't like change quickly. They prefer it slow. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how everybody catches up. Uh, catch Sean on Twitter X. He's at Sean Hughes Jr., uh, the co-founder and CEO of Athletics. Good talking, Sean. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Take care. Uh, we come back. Everybody loves props. It used to be like the biggest thing for the Super Bowl. Now you're propping anything. But, I mean, the real funny ones, the ones that have nothing to do with the game, we'll tell you some of them. We continue. The next Double Shot Tuesday continues. These are artists with their name and the band attached to it. John K- with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.